Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. Once again, welcome everybody. This is the second part in our annual Heart for the House series. And uh, with that, next weekend, we'll be receiving a special Heart for the House offering. And uh, you may have seen the Heart for the House envelope. You can take one, take it home, pray about what to do. And if you're a member here, we just want you to pray about doing something significant for you, something that for you is extravagant. Now, this weekend, we have John and Carla Varican here, all the way from Saltillo, Mexico. And it is John's, get this, 51st birthday today. Say, would you please give him a warm welcome? John, come on up. Awesome. Thank you. Hey. Wow, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. Great to be here. Pastor Dwayne left me an envelope, so I got it. <laughs> We're in. We're all in. So good to be here today. This is the last service after last night and this morning. Last is always the best, and you guys seem to be the most energized crowd. Take it, take it, everybody, everybody's shaking off the, the Thanksgiving turkey tryptophan and we're rolling. Or are you still sluggish? You gonna be with me today? All right, all right. Somebody asked me, how'd service go last night? I said, I said, I brought the energy that made about three of us. <laughs> so we got we got to roll. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. That video about Cuba just just moves me every time I see it because I lived so many of those experiences. And uh, and I remember the day that I talked to Pastor Dwayne about uh, what was happening in Cuba, and Pastor Dwayne as your representative said, hey, we want to do something. We want to do something significant to help uh, do something great in Cuba. So years and years and years ago, it was, I think, 22 years ago, he said, Sunday morning, we're going to call you on the telephone and you're going to talk to all the res lifers and you're going to tell them about what's going on in Cuba as much as you can and uh, we're going to take up an offering. I remember that. I was sitting on my couch in my robe. I talked to you all in my robe. You didn't know that. You thought I was, because they had a picture of me, I, I think, on the screen or something. I, did they have screens back then? Yeah, they did have a picture of me on the screen. And uh, so we talked about Cuba, and you were so generous in, in, in what you did and what you continue to do. And uh, we get to talk about it. Now, back then, there was a lot of things that we could not say. There was a lot of so many incredible things happening, and we really couldn't share them. Uh, just because everything was illegal and everything was, 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 you know, there was tension involved with everything. Matter of fact, um, I got caught preaching in Cuba and, and thrown in jail and then deported. And, and I think a lot of you know the story, but um, that was the reason why that we couldn't talk a lot about what was going on. But um, if you all could know all the stories behind what you've done in, in, on, on that island and the hundreds and thousands of people impacted, um, it's just, it's just awesome. So thank you. Thank you for being part of It's wonderful to be part of this series, Heart for the House. Next week, they're gonna, we're going to take up the offerings. So um, I want you to know that, that, that when you're generous with this house, this house is generous in the nations of the world. And a lot of times, there's things ha that happen that we just can't share. Carl and I are working with an organization. We've got a lot going on in North Korea and, and Arab countries and this and that. We smuggle pastors out and train them and take them back. We can't talk about it. You just do it, and when we get to heaven, well, I'll just celebrate. Good to go. 
good to go. Well, today I want to talk to you about something that, that, uh, that I love and that we love. When I say we, my wife and I, matter of fact, I didn't, I didn't get her, give her credit last service, but we developed this message together. And, uh, so, and then she preached it at my church because this is part of our life. This is kind of our, one of our life messages. So we developed it together, and then she preached it, and then I, I, I took it and, and put my uh, slant to it and, and took her slant out of it. And, <laughs> well, she's an education teacher, and so she's got all these, um, what do you call them, Illust- props. And I don't use props. I am the only prop you will get today. So... <laughs> So, but and hers is probably way better. And you can watch it online if you understand Spanish. But I want to start today um, talking to you about a Bible story. We're going to narrate a Bible story, and then we're going to talk a little bit. We're, we're going to read a little bit of the Bible. But this story is, it goes way back to Abraham. Abraham was getting old, and, uh, and, and God had given him a son, Isaac. And, and Abraham was about to die, and Isaac still wasn't married. And he was about 40 years old. And from Isaac... Um, Abraham was supposed to be the father of the nations. And so it's like, okay. So Abraham's, Abraham's getting ready to die. And so he talks to the, to the head of his house, his, his right-hand man servant, and says, look. He says, I want you to go find my son a wife. You need to go back to the land that I'm from and promise me you will get him a wife from there. He needs a little help. We don't know what the story is behind that. But find him a lady. So he promises, yes, I'm going to do it. And so he takes off. He gets 10 camels together and leaves to go to the land that Abraham was from. He arrives to, at a well right outside the city that Abraham was from. And the Bible says he makes his camels get on their knees, which is pretty normal for camels. And, uh, and then he said a prayer. And his prayer was this. He said, God... He said, I want you to help this journey to be a success. And he said, I, I'm going to ask you to do this. The first, the first lady that comes, that shows up and is willing to not only give me a drink of water, but also to give all of my camels all the water that they can drink, that's going to be the one. Now, it's surprising to me that he would pick out generosity as the key indicator of a good wife. You know, and this has nothing to do with the message, but I think if you're a young person here today, you're looking for a spouse, man or woman, look for somebody that's generous. They'll be generous with their heart, with you. They'll be generous with their smile, with their love, with everything. It is a key factor. Well, he laid that out before God, and, and he was just finishing up his prayer, and we'll read the story. The Bible says this. Genesis 24, 15, 17. We'll put it up here on the screen. It says... So it happened that the words were barely out of his mouth when Rebecca came out with a water jug on her shoulder. The girl was stunningly beautiful, a pure virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came back up. The servant ran to meet her and said, Please, can I have a sip of water from your jug? She said, Certainly, drink. She held the jug so that he could drink. When he had satisfied his thirst, she said, I'll get water for your camels too. Until they've drunk their fill. She promptly 
emptied her jug into the trough and ran back to the well to fill it. And she kept at it until she had watered all the camels. Now, we'll stop right there. We're going to continue on in a second. But think of this. Okay, you, got, you have 10 camels. A camel can drink somewhere around 30 gallons of water. So you've got thirsty camels, 10 camels, 30 gallons times 10 camels is 300. So you got 300 gallons of water. This young lady, it's 300, right? Not 3,000? 300. Checking out the math. You'd be surprised at what you say when you go back and listen to it and you think, that was not right. <laughs> so 300 gallons of water. Well, I can't picture. The Bible, the Bible says she was stunningly beautiful. I don't think she was like a, a super muscle woman or something like that. I, I, I picture as a, uh, as a young lady with, with a jug that probably is two, three gallons at the most, well, she would have had to make how many trips? And the Bible says she ran. She said, certainly. She said, not only that, I'm going I'm to give your camels all the water they can drink. And the Bible said she ran. There was something about Rebecca, and I don't think this was just like the first day she all of a sudden decided, I am going to be extravagantly abundant in what I do. It was just part of it. She said, oh, certainly, here, drink. And you know what? I'm going to get all your camels. So she's running. Poof, 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 poof. Hundreds of times until all the camels had drank. Bible says the man watched silent. Can you imagine the servant? He's just like, the first one. This is great. <laughs> she, he watched Rebecca as she ran back and forth and pouring water into the, into the trough and what Rebecca didn't know is that those same camels that she was feeding were loaded with, with gifts for her and her family that she'd soon find out. It says, the man watched silent. Was this God's answer? Had God made his trip a success or not? When the camels had finished drinking, the man brought out gifts, a gold nose ring weighing a little over a quarter of an ounce. I'm going to get one of those for Carla this Christmas. And two arm bracelets, I, I said this wrong in the first service, it's two arm bracelets, right? Not a two arm bracelet. I said two arm bracelet in the first one, I had several people come up, two arm bracelet would be handcuffed. We're going to get her a nose ring and some handcuffs, good to go, you're coming with me. It's a two arm bracelet weighing four ounces and gave them to her. He, he asked her, he said, tell me about your family. Whose daughter are you? Is there room in your father's house for us to stay the night? Listen to her words. She said, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah and Nor. There's plenty of room in our house for you to stay, and there's lots of straw and feed. She, she had this like abundant thinking person. I was like, are you kidding me? Of course. Of course, she didn't ask her dad, but she was set up. She's like, we're set up. Yes, we're coming. Says so at that time, the man bowed and worshiped before God and prayed, Blessed be God, the God of, of my master Abraham. How generous and true you've been to my master. You've held nothing back, and you led me right to the door of my master's brother. You know, that day, Rebecca gave a man and ten camels water to drink. But that day was the first day 
of the rest of Rebecca's life. It was the beginning of, and, and if you, you, you read the New Testament, it was like the beginning of uh, this super lavish love story of her marrying Isaac. It was the beginning of her living in extreme prosperity the rest of her life. And it was the beginning of her being the mother of, of, of many nations. That, that day, what she had lived up to that day, but that day when she was extravagantly abundant in her giving that day, something happened. And so I want you to think about this. I'm gonna, I'm, I've got this in my notes. I'm going to read it. Think about this. Giving water to a stranger is supplying a need, and that's good. Giving water to a camel is being generous. Definitely. Giving water to 10 camels is extravagant giving. And that's the name of my message, extravagant giving. Now, I want to give you the definition of extravagant. The Webster's Dictionary says this about the word extravagant. It says, more than usual, necessary, or proper. The, the dictionary says, extravagant, exceeding the limits of reason. Exceeding the limits of necessity. So extravagant giving is unusual, unnecessary, outside the limits of reason giving. And that's why I want to talk to you today. And so, if, but I got good news for you. Today's a good day. Today's a good day because I'm going to talk to you about something that you don't have to do. Usually you go to church and, you know, they tell you, this is what you got to do because the Bible says that's what you got to do. But today I'm going to talk to you about something, and this is a great church, and this church talks uh, about giving, it talks about tithing, taking 10% and setting that aside and giving that to the church that we go to so that, so that we can extend God's kingdom. That's awesome. This church talks to us about, uh, about sowing seed, taking what we have in our hands and sowing that, and, and, and that's great, and that's kind of God's... God's starting point it's like this is what this is what you need to do this is where you can live in my kingdom principles and that's great but i'm going to talk to you about something that's far beyond and it's optional you don't have to do it you can sit here today and, and put up with me for another 25 minutes and then walk out the door and you don't have to do it this is optional but my goal in the next 25 minutes is is to share this story with you and, and help you to see some principles of, of Rebecca's extravagant giving. And my hope is in the next 25 minutes, something in your heart will begin to stir and you'll think, I want that lifestyle because I want to know the extravagant God that I'm hooked up with. Because that day, Rebecca began to, to meet an extravagant God, a God that's beyond the limits, that's beyond the necessary. I want to talk to you about giving way beyond what's expected. I want to talk to you about extravagant, beyond the limits, beyond reason. You ever do something that was just beyond reason? It's like, that is crazy. I love watching the Kentucky Derby. Kentucky Derby, think of Kentucky Derby. About 10 hours of broadcast in a race, horses running around a ring about two minutes. Not even two minutes. But the reason I love to watch the Kentucky Derby is the extravagant people that are there. All the ladies, you know, they've got these great big hats, feathers coming out of them. And it's, it's a show, you know, it's who can have the biggest hat. And, uh, and so it, it's, I just love, I love, I, I take about three hours beforehand, watch all of them because you just watch the people. 
And you think to yourself, lady, do you know you're at a horse race? In just a little bit, they're going to turn some horses loose. They're going to kick up dust or mud or whatever. Or otherwise, it's a pour down rain and they're out there with these big, they're extravagant. They're beyond reason. It's like, that is, that's, why do you do that? Because it's just, so you and I could do the same thing with our giving. Beyond reason, beyond, be, beyond what we have to do. That's why I want to talk to you about. This is kind of the bottom line of my message. Being an extravagant giver opens the doors to an extravagant life. A life beyond limits. A life that's not, it's not limited to just the norm, the, the mediocre, the, just the norm. Who, who wants to be norm? Who wants to just be mediocre? Kind of just like that's the way it is. Extravagant life. Extravagant giving. So I'm going to talk about three truths from Rebecca's story. Three truths. Number one, real simple. Extravagant giving is an attitude, not just an action. It's an attitude. It's something that's birthed out of our heart. You know, anybody can give. We, we probably all give some way, somehow, especially in this country because we're so blessed to have th- this deal of well, at the end of the year, if we've had so much income, well, we can give it away and then and deduct some from our taxes and this and that. Um, there's no other country in the world that I know that does that, but um, especially not in Latin America. So, so people give. So people that don't even know God, they give. But, there, but there's, there, there's something way different about what I'm talking about. I'm talking to you about extravagant giving. I'm talk, talking to you about beyond the limits, beyond, beyond reason. And that type of giving is birthed out of a heart. A heart, and in, in Rebecca's story, I see two things that are so key. A heart, number one, that, that, that is generous. Re- Rebecca had this generosity. When, when the man asked her, he said, can, can I have some, some water to drink? I love her answer. Certainly, of course. She didn't think. She didn't stutter. She, it was like, yes, of course. What I have, if I have it and you need it, it's yours. That, that's, that's, that's being generous. And, and the second thing is that she had an attitude of, of, of abundance. Abundance, and this is what she said. I'll put it back up on the screen. In Genesis 24, 25, says that there's plenty of room for all of you. He wasn't traveling alone. Plenty of room for all of you to stay, and we have an abundance. Two words, plenty. Say with me, plenty. plenty. All right, we got, we got to shake that off. Shake that off. If, I got, if I'm bringing the energy, you got to bring it too. Get ready. Get ready. Okay, say with me, Plenty. All right. Say with me, abundance. Abundance. That's what she said. She says there's plenty of room and there's abundance of straw and hay. We are set. We're ready. I just love that answer. It's like we got, we got, she didn't ask dad. She didn't, she didn't pull out her, you know, her wallet and say, well, what do we got? And and, and that's an abundant attitude. Rebecca's response was, was quick. It's, are you kidding me? Yes, of course. People that think in terms of abundance I always take into consideration two things, and this is real important. People that have that kind of, that abundant heart, they think, they think of two things. Number one, what they have on hand. And number two, everything God can supply. Let's say that again. People that think in abundance think of, okay, what do I have on hand? And number two, what can God supply? People that think in abundance, are, they, they're hooked up with God. God, they, there's, a, there, there's this covenant thing there. It's like they say, God, 
all of mine is yours and all of yours is mine. And anytime you want what's mine, which obviously is yours anyways, but anything, anytime you want what is mine, you tell me and, and it's yours. And when I need some of yours, then I'm going to let you know and I know it's mine. You know, and you might be sitting here this, this afternoon thinking, what? Come back one more time with that? And it might be so foreign, but God would love for you to embrace an extravagant giving lifestyle, which was that. Everything you have on hand is for him to use. Anyway, anyhow. And, 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 and any, anything he has is yours. And you can, you can be so generous. Why? Because he's the owner of it all. You know, a, a while back, a friend of ours wrote this book. I brought it with me. Matter of fact, I love this book. Uh, Wayne Myers, who is a missionary, 93 years old. His wife is 88 years old. And when Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie left Mexico, and we went to Mexico, and um, him and his wife, as veteran missionaries, kind of took us under their wings. They are the most generous giving people that we know in our life. And so he wrote this book on living beyond the possible. I love this book. Matter of fact, I wanted to make it available here. So we bought 200 of them and we brought, put them back in the bookstore. And I said that I was going to promote the book. I was going to let you know. This book, I want you to get this book. There's 200. I don't know how many are left. But there's 200 of them. And I promise you this. If you buy this book, I think it's $6. You buy this book and you take it home and read it and doesn't change your way of thinking, you get a hold of me, I'll give you back double what you pay for. The guarantee. And I'm from around here. You can find me. It's not like I'm heading to Mexico or anything like that. <laughs> Every girl is six bucks. <laughs> so you get, get this book. So anyways, Wayne, he, he wrote this book and then he sent it to us because we're kind of his children in the face. So he sent us this book. So we read this book. I read this book and then Carla read this book. Well, Carla got done reading this book. And she, was, she was messed up. She was like... Did you, did you read those stories? I said, yes, yeah, some of those stories. I was part of those stories. I, it's when I was traveling. We were traveling the mountains of Mexico. She said, well, you know what? She said, I was reading this book, and, and I, I want to give them some money because they're, they're, let's give them $10,000. I'm like, what? <laughs> give me that book. <laughs> some of you are thinking, I ain't buying that book. No way am I buying that book. <laughs> but it's inspiring. It is awesome. So I said, well, of course. Well, that, that, at that time, we were... Um, you know, we live in northern Mexico, and you've always got to have a pretty decent vehicle, at least one, and we just have one vehicle. And, and you've got to have a, vehicle, a good vehicle because you don't want to get stranded on the side of the road. It's all, you know, it's cartel activity and stuff like that. So we had been, we had been saving for, for a vehicle, and, and we had about $10,000 saved up. So I said, all right, let's do it. So we did it, and we were excited about it and whatever. And we said, all right, well, we'll just get a car whenever. And uh, about three, I, I think it was about three weeks or months or it was right in that time I got a phone call from a friend a businessman and uh and he didn't know he didn't know what we did he didn't know what was going on and he said he called up and said hey john i was just meeting with some businessmen this morning and and we think you need a new car and so we're gonna you just go down to the the agency what do you call it you'll go you go down to the car lot and pick out a car and you got it i said you got it we'll do it God is a debtor to no one. He is a debtor to no one. And, and if you and I would just kind of step into that, just have an attitude of abundance. God, it's all yours. It comes. It goes. It'll come. It'll, you know all my needs. You know, we just sang it. Great is his faithfulness. He will supply all your need. But then there's a line in there. I, 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 was, I was 
tuning in. Focus said, your blessings in 10,000 more. I love that. He is so awesome. And we don't give to get. We give to be part of who he is. Rebecca had a generous heart. The second thing we see in the story is that extravagant giving is God's trumpet. Extravagant giving is, is God's trumpet. He's using us to shout to the world, I care about you. I am thinking about you. Now, I want to challenge you on that. You try that. Try it. Give something to somebody that you don't even know. And you watch their response. Their response will always be, number one, super surprised. Because we live in a generation that is, that we're so egotistical. We think about us. Everything is about us. It's like, oh, I got to take care of my future. And I'm, it's always us, me, our family. And I think that, you know, Proverbs talks about being a good steward. But we go way beyond that. We, we are our own God so many times. It's like, God, I don't need you to take care of me. I got it. Well, I don't know where, that, where that's set in our faith. I don't know about that. But be extravagant in giving one time and watch people, watch what happens every single time. We do something for somebody unexpected. Their response is always, is always a waking up to, oh my God. God is good. And I'm not talking about in church. I'm talking about people in everywhere, anywhere. Because giving is God's trumpet. And I think it has something to do. You say, well, why is that? Well, I don't know. I think it has something to do with like John 3.16. You know, John 3.16 says, because God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. And giving is the greatest expression of love. And so when we give, it's just you don't have to preach. You don't, you don't have to say anything. They will wake up. It's like it is God's trumpet to the people. I'm going to put a video up on the screen here. And, and I want you to pay close attention. This is a video of a man that decided he was going to be extravagant in giving. And he was going to give some people some money at a time. They're in a grocery store. They're in a Kroger's grocery store. Grocery store. If I could have found a Myers video, would have got a Myers video. But we love Myers. But this one was Kroger's. We found it online. But I want you to watch the reaction of the people. And these are people in a store. They're not in a church. Watch what they say. They immediately relate generosity to God. Watch this video.
You're probably sitting there thinking the same thing I was when I watched that. I said, dog, I should have done that. I should have came up with that idea. <laughs> you know, when we're extravagant, beyond the norm, with our giving, God can use us as his trumpet. It works every time. It works every time. And when we do... The third thing we see in Rebecca's story is that, is that God's an extravagant giver back. And we don't, we don't give to get. It's just, but it's just part of it. It's just, he is, Rebecca gave a man and his 10 camels a, a drink of, of water. And, and from that, God was super extravagant with his giving back. Why? Because he has no problem at all. With being extravagant with you. He's just looking for people to partner with him. He's just looking, he's just looking for people that'll say, hey, I want that lifestyle. I want to I live that. I, I, I want to bless people. And, and, and I want to be God's trumpet. 
God prompts you to give extravagantly and you give, he will be extravagant back to you every time, every time, every time. There's not, God will be no man's debtor. And, and, and if the purpose is to give, to get, then we get it all messed up. But when we just know, man, I'm hooked up to God and all that's mine is his and, and what's his is mine. And, and, and he, he will orchestrate this thing. He'll work every time. And he'll bless you far beyond. You won't expect it. I, I, a few, few, actually, it was a few weeks ago, we were in, in Paraguay. We were launching this nationwide project. And we were going to, Carla and I were going to Chile. And, and we're, we're, we had to do a, a conference there. But we had a couple days in the meantime. So I had brought some cash. I thought, well, we'll be there. And we'll, we'll go out to dinner and we'll do some stuff and this and that. So I had some, some money with me. And, and when I was in Paraguay, God spoke to me and said, well, you know, you could give that away. When God says, you know, you could give that away, it's like, you know what he's saying. So, and I knew exactly when he said it, who and how I was to do it. And, and so I did that. And that was it. I just, I said, all right, what's mine is yours. You just go for it. So we got to Chile and ended up speaking at a church. The pastor knew I was coming, but the people did not know I was coming. And so I preached and, and uh, at the end of the service, they were, they were taking communion, and so Carl and I were in front row. I had finished up, and they were doing communion, and I was standing there. And, and a matter of fact, I had my eyes closed, and all of a sudden, this, 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 I felt a wind, and I opened my eyes, and the young man was standing there, and, and he said, here, uh, I brought this for you, right? or this is for you. So he, he gave me this envelope, so I, I said, well, thank you, and I gave it to Carla, and we carried on with the service, got done. Later on that day, I forgot all about it. Later on that day, I said, hey, that guy gave me an envelope. Check that out. Check what's in there. And, and he had, now this is in Latin America, this is in Chile. He, he had 10 fresh $100 bills stuffed in an envelope. And it was way beyond what I had given the, the, uh, in, in Paraguay. And, and I know, he didn't know I was speaking. And there's no way in Latin America you don't bring 10 fresh $100 bills to, to anywhere or you will get mugged. It was like, God, I don't know what happened, but, and I never, I don't know who it was. I don't know how it was, but God just, he knows, he knows how to, I don't know, he woke this guy up in the morning and said, okay, go to your treasure chest because you're going to do something. But he, he's God. He is God. And he has a huge rewarder and he'll go beyond, he'll do things that you and I never thought of. Never be thought of. I mean, even details, when, when we, when, when we're extravagant givers, and listen very close, extravagant giving isn't just, isn't just money. When we're extravagant, extravagant givers on, on the job, we, we, we go way out there. Okay, this is, this is what's expected, but boom! Nah, this is what I'm giving. He sees that. When we're extravagant givers in our, in our marriage, and it's like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do, but man, I'm going way back. He sees that, and he is a huge rewarder. He's a huge rewarder. He'll do things, details, crazy stuff. Just the other day, well, it's the last time I preached here. Last time I preached here, this is a new story. I didn't tell the story in last service, but I got four minutes, so I'm gonna do it. <laughs> this is the last service anyways, right? There's nothing after this. We're chilling, ain't we? Ain't nobody hungry in this place. <laughs> the last time I preached here, Carl and I were here. We had, it was, it her car was old and it was giving us those problems and this, this and that. So we were, we were going get to a, get a car. So we ordered a car. And when we ordered the car, I'm, I just, I'm just a simple guy. It's like, we don't need any of those extras on there. We, we don't need no air conditioning. Can you take that off? You know, 
I'm, I'm joking, but I'm serious. When we first went on a mission field, we have air conditioning, 105 degrees in Mexico, and I wouldn't use it because it takes up too much gasoline. <laughs> I was crazy. So, so we get this car, but it's just like, we don't need all these frills and this and that. We just do this. So we had to fly back up to get our car. So we flew up. The car doesn't show 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 up. There are car. Well, I'm, I'm bugging this, this guy. It's like, where's my car? I've got to go back to Mexico. So it ends up, I'm supposed to go back to Mexico and preach in our, in our Monterey church there. Ends up we couldn't, we couldn't go back. So I called Pastor Duane on, on Saturday afternoon and said, hey, I'm going to be at church tonight, so I'm going to come a little early. We'll have coffee. He calls back about a half hour later and says, well, if you're here, why don't you preach? I said, all right. Well, I didn't say, all right. I said, I'll call you back in a half hour. Let me check it out. <laughs> so I preached here. So the next day comes, and it's like, dude, we are leaving. We have got to go back. So I showed up at the agency. I said, look, I'm going on horseback, on mule, walking. But one way or the other, I'm leaving. So you've got to do something. He's like, go out in the lot, and if you can find something, you know, like the car you were going to get, just, you know, we'll, we'll work out a deal. So we went out there, of course. Carla was with me. She's like, I like that one right there. That thing had, that thing, that thing will do a jig if you want it to. It's like, jig, and that thing will dance. But do everything. I'm like, no, hon, we can't do that. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. So I went back in. I said, look, the one she wants is like, got way, it's overboard. It's like, well, hey, we, we've messed you guys up. So it's just, all right, well, let me work it out. So I work out this deal. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This thing doesn't even have air, this thing, air conditioning comes out of the seats. <laughs> I went, like, whoa, what's the deal with that? I'm getting cold. <laughs> and like, God, Carla says, you see how much God loves me? I was like, yes or no? You say, well, what does that have to do with this? Like, look, when you hook up with him, and it's like, what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine, he will be extravagant with you. That can't be the motive. It's just part of. The motive has to be, I want to be an extravagant giver because I want to be God's trumpet to the nations. So my question to you today is, I know you're sitting here thinking, That's me. I want to do that. How do I do that? Two things. Two things. Number one, first step is you have to be connected to your heavenly father. If you're here today and you're, you're not connected, could be you've never, you've never entered in a relationship with him or, or it could be that you have but you're just not talking, it's just not there, you've slipped away, but you're here this morning. Then today, your first step to this extravagant lifestyle is to take the first step and say, God, I, I, I need to hook up with you. And if you're here today and he is your heavenly father, and, but there's something on the inside that's kind of stern and you're thinking, that's me. I want to I wanna live like that. Well, that step is then, what can I do? That, that step is basically, God, I'm going to start. What do you want me to give and who do you want me to give that to? Just start. Start. Be, be extravagant. Be extravagant. Be, go beyond the norm. Be extravagant. It's like, you know, just so many people are like, well, I'm going to pray and see what God says. No, be extravagant, and he'll be extravagant with you. Just go beyond normal reasoning and believe him for great things, and you will be God's trumpet. 
My Lord, we had an opportunity, huge opportunity next week here at, at, at Res Life. And I would, I, I would say, because I've been a recipient of, 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 of a lot of that to the nations of the world, be extravagant in your giving next week and in the special offering. It does so much in so many places. Go beyond the norm. Don't just think, what, what can we do? What can we get? What can we? What can, what, what could we do that would blow God away? You can't blow him away. It's impossible. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, please. And I want to do two things real quick. The two things I just talked to you about. First thing is, if you're here today and you're not hooked up with God, he's not your heavenly father or he is, but you're away from him. You, you, don't, you don't go to him and say, Father, every single day, and you recognize that. You'd say, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not... I'm not walking with him right now. The first step for you is to say, I want to take a step today and I want God in heaven to be my heavenly father. Whether you've never done it or if today you want to say, Lord, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. If that's you, there's not time for anybody to come forward or anything like that. But if that's you, I want to pray for you right where you're at. But I need to know, I'm going to give you a chance to raise your hand and say, John, I'm coming back, or I'm, I am hooking up with my heavenly Father for the first time. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right where you're at, real high. That's awesome, young man. Awesome. How, how many else? There's some hands in the back. Your hand, leave your hands up. Anybody in the balcony? Yeah, there's some hands up in the balcony. That's the first step. It's the first thing. You've got to be hooked up to the most, the, the most extravagant in the world, and it's God. Okay, those of you that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to say this prayer. Some more hands in the back. I'm going to ask you to say this prayer. I'm going to have everybody pray out loud. And we're going to help you say this prayer. And this prayer is, is, is saying, Heavenly Father, I want you to be my Heavenly Father. I accept Jesus as Lord. And thank you that we can be in relationship. So you can, you can put your hand down now. And let's all pray this prayer together. Follow me in this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father. Everybody saying, Heavenly Father. I give my life to you. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive my sins. And I thank you from today on. You are my Father. I'm connected to you. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for this first step in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now with your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Take it easy, take it easy. <laughs> I'm going to give you a chance to, to make a decision today about living an, an extravagant life. If you're here today, and while I spoke these simple words, something's stirring on the inside, and it's like, it's like the Holy Spirit's just kind of pushing it along, saying, hey, you could do that. And we could have a life like that. And you'd like to make a decision today and say, John, that's me. I want you to pray for me because, because today I'm making a decision that today will be the first day of the rest of my life. And I'm going to be an extravagant giver. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you. I, just, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Just raise your hand up high. Leave your hands up. Father, I pray for every single person that's making a, a bold step today 
And I'm sure, Lord, there's lots of people that live an extravagant giving life. But I pray for those that have their, ra- their hands raised right now. Lord, I, I ask that you, would, that you would seal the word that we spoke on the inside, that that, that, that story of Rebecca and her extravagant giving would be something that's, that's sealed on the inside of us and we would be reminded of that every time. Every time that we, we want to doubt your your. your your ability to supply beyond, Lord, what, what, what's the norm. Help us to, to know that, that all that's ours is yours, all that's yours is ours, and that we can live an extremely generous, extravagantly generous life. And Lord, we will be your trumpet to the world, to the nations. They'll see your love through our generosity. And Lord, I thank you so much. Thank you so much for world changers here in this place that we decide together to be extravagant givers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this series. For more information, call 616-534-4923 or visit us at reslife.org.